Hayden Thompson here and welcome to the Pack Heavy podcast. Now this podcast is for anyone who works in the hospitality and food manufacturing industries who use flexible packaging to get their products to market. Featuring interviews with guests who have traveled the path that you're on so that you can learn from their successes and failures and engage in the mindset required to go all in on your vision. I call this mindset the pack heavy mentality and it's primarily driven by deliberate action and extreme organization. You gather market intelligence, put a strong plan in place, organize the appropriate resources and then confidently test your hypothesis against reality. So if you're ready to pack heavy on your vision, you're in the right place and I'm excited to have you here. G'day and welcome to episode 89 where today I have guest Dana Van Vella who is the co-founder and operator of Brightside Foods. Now today's episode is another great example of a business idea that was kicking around and came to life during the pandemic. Now Dana shares her experience of getting Brightside from concept to reality, covering everything from some early iterations, product and brand development, right through to some pricing strategy, which I found really interesting. Brightside was founded by the same folks who operate the famous East Van institution, Banditas Taqueria, which is actually rebranded as The Burrow. Now they launched Brightside in July 2021 during the pandemic, and they make vegetarian and vegan restaurant quality handmade frozen meals that are quick, convenient, and incredibly tasty. Dana really was a pleasure to chat with. She walked us through the first 12 months of business, which is such an interesting ride. I'm sure you'll all agree. So there's a lot in this one for you all. I hope you all enjoyed as much as I did. Cheers. Ready to do it? You got it. Dana, welcome to the show. Hi, thank you for having me. It was really cool to bump into you at the uh, at the Good to Grow trade show uh, that um, Andrea Gray Grant put on a few weeks ago, mm. and uh, and I wasn't expecting to bump into you guys, uh, especially um, you know considering the fact that I previously knew Ayana and Jackie from uh, the institution on commercial that was formerly known as Banditas and has been rebranded to the Borough. Yes. Yes. Cool. And you used to work there too, or you still work there as an employee? Um, I, uh, I don't work there. I, I started there in 2014 as a server and then I um, became the communications manager yep. sometime there, I think maybe 2017, 2016. Yep. Um, yeah, I don't work there. I uh, left about, uh, I left, I didn't go very far. Um, <laughs> about 14 months ago, we started doing uh, Brightside, the product line full time. Yep. So. Yep. I, um, I no longer work there, but I, okay. yeah, I see everybody every day still. Yeah, no doubt. It's, uh, and it would be like, it's such a community that you've built. And yeah, that was actually the, one of the special things about that business. It's, um, it's got a, a hell of a reputation, mm-hmm. you know, Vancouver wide. And, yeah. uh, you know what, I probably bumped into you when I was dropping off coffee or yeah, fixing probably. a coffee machine or one of those things back in the day. Yeah. I definitely drank, uh, that's all spring coffee every day for a the long Kool-Aid. time. Yeah. Oh, very good. So a lot to talk about today. Obviously you're working hard on Brightside and you're about to come up on the one year anniversary of launching it out into the world, which is kind of timely that we're having this chat because I'm sure that you've learned a lot throughout that period and you'll have some great insights for us all. Um, but before we kick off into the episode, the way that I always like to start is where you're from, where'd you grow up? Okay. I am from, I'm actually from Ontario, from Sarnia, Ontario. Oh, I uh, interviewed um, Jenny Shaw uh, from a uh, a marketing agency or um, social media agency, and she's from Sanya, so I know exactly oh, where it is. Yeah, perfect. Yep. Yeah, right on Huron, nice spot. Um, yeah, I grew up there. I went to school in New Brunswick, and then after um, after I finished my degree, I was just kind of like I'd never seen the mountains, and I <laughs> had always yeah. like dreamt of them as a kid. And I was yeah. like, I want to drive across the country, and I want to live in Vancouver. 
Um, it, it wasn't so uh, decisive at that point, but I was like, you know, maybe I'll stay for a bit. And, you know, I have been here for 13 years now. So um, I arrived, I saw the mountains, <laughs> still see them every day. It's really lovely. Um, yeah. It's just kind of become now become my home and super great. Awesome. Yeah. Yeah. Very good. And, um, and were you studying at the time or were you coming out specifically to work and live life or what were your thoughts? Yeah, I truly didn't have a plan. Um, I ended up working at an English school for about three and a half years, which is a really great experience. And yeah. then, um, kind of the first pivotal moment was, uh, I, I used to work really closely with, uh, my writing partner, Lindsay Anderson, mm-hmm. um, also happens to be one of my closest friends, but <laughs> we, uh, launched this project, uh, in 2013, which was a, a cross Canada project where we were actually going across to try to discover what Canadian food was. So we did like a six month road trip, went to mm. every province and territory and specifically went to like interview people, taste what people were eating and, and uh, yeah, basically that. And then we turned that into a cookbook. So kind of like the early beginnings of my food career was more like, um, food travel, food writing. Awesome. Um, yeah. So we, we, that cookbook came out in 2017 and then the two of us worked together, um, on a second cookbook, which was, um, kind of taking the skills that we developed over the first one, which was like very collaborative, very like, um, you know, we worked with a lot of contributors, um, to, bring, bring together a whole collection of recipes. Um, and then we also developed some ourselves. Um, but this, this next project was like a more of a consulting role for the government in Nunavut. Oh, wow. So they were kind of wanted to bring together a similar collection of recipes from within their territory. So we just traveled to a bunch of communities in Nunavut and just tried to like talk to locals there and see what recipes existed there. Yeah. 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 Um, And then worked with like local photographers and local, local people to try to get some visual elements in the book. And then we kind of just handed it all off to a publishing company there in Iqaluit. Mm-hmm. And then they mm-hmm. took it from there. Actually just came out um, this year. Uh, yeah, it's more of a like Nunavut centric, like it's, yeah, more of a, a, a resource for the territory, but it's pretty interesting to yeah. learn about. Hell yeah, what an experience. Are the books that yeah. you um, that you wrote and contributed to, are they still in print? Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. Okay, I'll have, what are they called? Uh, the first one, which is like Lindsay and I's book, uh, is called Feast. Oh my God, what's it called? Feast. And then uh, recipes and stories from a Canadian road trip. Yeah. Um, and that one was from uh, Appetite by Random House. Okay. And then the second one is called Edible Animals of the Sea. So, yeah. Amazing. I, yeah. Uh, I'll find the links and I'll put them down in the show notes for people to check out. So yeah. that would have been a hell of an experience. And like you would have seen some sides of Canada that you would yeah. never have had the opportunity to see. Yeah. I think, yeah, like the uniting, like experience through both things is like the hospitality across this country is so amazing like yeah number of people who took us in and who just like shared their stories and you know it was yeah. uh, it was it was amazing amazing yeah i can only imagine like those conversations are priceless aren't they yeah, uh, yeah. True. yeah beautiful so mm-hmm. you made your way back to vancouver you um put some time and energy into writing those books and uh and then you found yourself at banditas is yeah that the... well it was kind of kind of overlapping a little bit like okay. i started working at banditas after the first road trip and then kind of it was like the the job that you know stabilized everything so i could do yeah yeah you know, freelance stuff. And, um, and then, yeah, 2018 is when Jackie and Ayana and I, Jackie and Ayana are the two owners of yeah. 
Banditas, which is now called The Burrow. Um, We started talking about opening a new restaurant concept. Mm. And it kind of came from, it's funny, it came from, I remember at the time, I think the UN report for like climate change had just come out and Jack Mm -hmm. and I, and I think it had just said like, there's like 11 years left until like irreversible climate change would happen. And that really fired them up. They were kind of like, we have to like, we have to do something. Banditas are sorry. The borough has always been very um, like environment focused. That's like, you know, most of my communications role was planning fundraisers that were in support of environmental causes. Yeah. Um, so they were kind of like, we should start a clean energy company. And then they were, you know, they scaled it back and they're kind of like, we should like do what we know, which is food mm-hmm. <laughs> rather than reinvent the wheel entirely. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and then kind of what they came to was like, we should start a like quick service, like fast, casual takeout, uh, like vegan, entirely like, like simple vegan burrito concept. Mm-hmm. Um, that was of course before every restaurant became a takeout restaurant. Yeah, I know. Um, yeah, just to survive. Then, yeah, yeah. And then it was kind of like the initial idea was like that we would, it would be like a restaurant chain, so we'd have several locations, and so it was like you know something that we'd like design as like a thing that we could scale up pretty mm-hmm. pretty well. Yeah. So I took. I think we we were just kind of like talking about it loosely for about you know three or four months, and then it kind of it just kind of just kept going. So mm-hmm. we did some recipe testing and um menu development and like kind of just like tried to build out all the bones of that and then we yeah we got like pretty much a whole concept developed and then you know March 2020 happened and um the uh when we were like really almost about to sign for a a restaurant space and then kind of like you know all of a sudden I was working two other serving jobs at that point and then it was all of a sudden you know laid off from all the jobs yeah all of a sudden they had to lay off their entire staff and then like slowly hire, you know, it was just mm-hmm. obviously, you know, it was like a crazy time. And then it just, the constant input for just weekly pivots in, mm-hmm. you know, mm-hmm. in the restaurant industry was uh, pretty crazy. So I went back to work at the borough. Um, I was a bike courier actually for the oh, first wow. few months we were yep. doing bike delivery. And then like basically just every single part of the business had to be reinvented. Yeah. Um, very quickly. So that was, I mean, in hindsight, it was actually pretty fun. Like it, like to have like a very like engaging job where you're like, actually like, okay, we need a new system for this and it needs to work. And like, you know, I'm sure, I mean, I didn't own the business, so I'm sure that there was a lot or, I mean, yeah, I don't know. It was a lot of stress. Sleepless nights for everybody, to be honest, I know. And it has been amazing to see how innovative and, um, you know, um, it, it did really put people in a position where they had to think laterally and, and think quickly on their feet. And it's amazing yeah. to see how people survived to, and, you know, generated um, alternative revenue streams. Yeah. So pretty cool that you're out on the bike doing deliveries like that. And so, <laughs> yeah. you know, with the idea of bright side foods, obviously with it starting, you know, with you guys thought bricks and mortar was the way to go. And then it sort of did pivot out of necessity and the, that just because of the change in the world, at what point were you like, okay, this is going to be a, uh, like a quick convenience and incredibly tasty sort of option for people we're going to have it as a frozen product and we could potentially sell it wholesale and get it out onto the retail shelf as well sort of when did you land at that model well it probably took another year or so like really bright side or the restaurant was just like totally put on the shelf and then we picked it up again in like september i think there was that like lull in cases but then it just you know it became clear again that 
you know, lockdowns and stuff were going to happen. Yeah. 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 Uh, So then it was kind of like put to rest officially, I think September, 2020. And it was like, um, yeah, really hard because it was, you know, so much work to just be like, okay, it's just not going to happen. Like hard, oh, you know? Yeah. Um, And then through the, that fall, um, I think Ayana had the idea of developing some frozen products, some stuff to like, like it just became clear that like people needed meal options. You can't have takeout every night mm-hmm. um, or you can, but it just gets really expensive. Yeah. Like people need like well-made, really delicious nutrient value food that they can just have on hand. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, the great thing too about a frozen meal is like you can make it in your oven and it's like perfectly hot and fresh yeah. right away. It doesn't like travel to you in someone's car and like, you know, yeah. you yeah. get like a little bit soggy in the cardboard box and um, so we spent, I think about three months that fall, like October to December, developing a few products. Mm-hmm. And I think the first product we ever got to was the Pinto pocket, which is our, like, our, definitely our best seller. And that one was kind of like, people were doing that folding technique in the kitchen just to like make staff meals. And then, um, Ayana developed this like killer refried bean recipe that is like, Oh my God. It's just so delicious. Like you don't actually even need cheese in that thing. It's so good, but that's the one that I tasted at the, yeah, uh, at the, from the ground up trade show. That was delicious. Yeah. It's really, so really good. good. Yeah. Yep. Um, I mean, I eat one, like I eat them all the time. I can imagine. <laughs> I would say. I'm still into them. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, so that one I think was like, and it's like such a cute product too. Like with mm-hmm. the folding, we're like, okay, this one is like perfect. And, um, And then we were, the burritos were a little bit harder because there's more elements to them. Like each of them have about seven different, like, like ingredient, like salsas and stuff like that. So it's harder to get the balance there. And then like, we made, we made some really bad burritos (laughs) in the beginning days, but what we ended up with, we have like, um, a breakfast burrito and a vegan version, and then a spicy bean and cheese and a vegan version as well. And those ones I think are really solid. Um, yeah, it just took, it took about like you know, sometimes we just have like seven different versions of each one in front of us. And then you're just like slowly taste, you're going down the line and you're tasting seven. And then you're like creating all these like detailed notes, like yeah. more of this, one, less of that. And then, yeah. and it also has to like work in the, like be made fresh, get frozen and then work, you know, when it's reheated, when it's reheated. Yeah. So, and hold up to being frozen really well too. Totally, yeah. yeah so, you're so lucky to have the, the kitchen to work out of yeah. and do all of this testing. So, Perfect. and I'm assuming you're doing everything out of the Burroughs kitchen. Yes. Yeah. 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 That's, that's a perfect really situation. Awesome. Yeah. It's yeah. a really, really amazing um, way to kind of use like, you know, the borough cut back their hours during the pandemic, just because it's like with everything go so crazy, like yeah. staffing a floor that, that that's that big for, you know, 14 hours a day is just like too, too much. Yeah. Um, so it's a great way to use up extra borough capacity. Like we work during the day and the borough mm-hmm. works at night and, uh, you know, it takes some management between the two teams, yeah. but um really so much better than getting a separate another signing a lease for another space or anything like that it's like yeah. really was a good um a good fit like then and still still now um mm. yeah um yeah so we developed the we developed the products like kind of slowly and intentionally and then in january 2021 we launched them under under the banditas label um mm-hmm. just a simple label and um 
just sold them from the restaurant and frozen uh, as well. So like out of a grab yeah, go sort of freezer, freezer or yeah, yeah. Just freezer at the front. Yeah. They're not, they're not served in the restaurant. They're totally yeah. um, different burritos than, than what's served in the restaurant. Yeah. Um, yeah. So we had those six products, the, the Pinto pocket, the breakfast burrito and the vegan breakfast burrito. Oh no, sorry. Breakfast burrito and the spicy bean and cheese. And then the yep. vegan versions of each. And yep. then we started doing the six packs of cornbread, which is like, you know, one of the most popular items from the borough menu yeah. and then hot yep. sauce. So, and that's still what we have um, going on right now. We've got a few other products on, in the, bra- uh, in our brains, but mm-hmm. not on the shelf yet. Yep. Um, yeah. And so we launched January um, and we just like, there was like a really good reception to it. We like, you know, we, we gave a lot away in the beginning just to get people trying it and get mm-hmm. people feedback. And then, you know, those early few months where it was just being sold um, really simply from the borough from nowhere else was a really valuable time because we got to get some like, you know, feedback from people using it at home. We got like, you know, staff feedback, like so many of our regulars were Mm -hmm. uh, like really on board with like, you know, here's what I thought or, you know, super valuable feedback. And then we just kind of felt like, like the demand just kind of kept growing. And then, um, there were a couple of, uh, accounts that reached out, like, can we, can we stock this on our shelves? And we didn't have the like barcodes or nutritional information yep. or, you know, all that, that stuff that, that first like daunting step where you're like, okay, like this is different than running a restaurant where you can just like make something and go like, yeah. this has to have like, there's some careful planning and there's some steps and, you know, yep. Yep. uh, there's, there's a lot of things slowing you down in the process, which was like a difficult thing to swallow at first but um so we worked uh, we actually worked with spud to do our first labels um and they did our nutritional information for us and like they were super helpful they had this like restaurant excel uh some kind of accelerator program at the okay. time where it helped restaurants bring products to market so yep. they were a huge huge help in the beginning and then um yeah basically I think August, 2021 was the first time we were for sale on Spud. Um, March, sorry, May, 2021 was when I started working full-time on the project. So we decided to like basically put some gusto behind this and have a full-time person. And then that's actually when we decided to do it as Brightside too. Like for a number of reasons, like we had this like branding that we loved kind of already done up. And then just kind of the like, the the that we got to like be creative on like a new project during a pandemic felt like a real like bright side to us yeah Uh, you know it's like yeah it's like how lucky are we that we get to like work on a new project that's what I was going to say it's a real mental shift because you're in sort of survival mode you're just trying to you know get from a to b and keep the doors open to the restaurant Mm -hmm. but to actually put some brain power into developing and implementing something new it is looking on the bright side and that's sort of how I interpreted it as well I thought that was really cool Yeah. yeah And then, you know, it's like nice, it's, it's got like a nice, like warm feeling where it's like, it's like exciting. It's like frozen food. It's like, I've got bright side in my freezer. Like, you know, like, oh, I have dinner, you know, kind of like, yeah. So it just kind of felt like it's, it just slowly kind of like fit. And uh, yeah, I also think the color, the colors are like, they really pop in the freezer section, which is nice. We kind of, yeah, just like, it just represents like, this isn't just like typical, like, Freezer section food. food. Yeah, yeah, it's like really, really good. It's it's yep. exciting food that you can have in your freezer. It's like, yeah. 
So. Very cool. Let's yeah. just go back to um, when you originally got it in the grab and go freezer out of the restaurant. Sure. You're really lucky that not only you were utilizing the kitchen space, but you also sort of had that closed loop environment where you could sort of do that testing really early on. Now, mm-hmm. the feedback that you were getting from the consumers, was it sort of conversational style of feedback or did you put out some surveys or request feedback or how did that work? Um, I think it was a bit of both. We didn't have any formal surveys, but we usually like, especially with the regulars, like, and we were all at the restaurant so much, we'd be like, have you, have you tried it? What do you think? Like, you know, like give us your honest opinion or like, you know, we'd give it to friends and, um, you know, people whose palates you trust and you're like, Mm -hmm. you know, what is, what, you know, is this good? And we ended up um, changing our tortilla out during that time to this really, really amazing um, handmade tortillas, Santa Rosa tortillas in uh, Coquitlam. Yep. They're so good. They're like stretchy and they've got like a good back content and good, cool. like they're, they're like, um, they've got some like a good uh, salt amount in them too. They're just okay. so, they crisp up so nicely in the oven. Um, and then we changed our cheese out too. So that, I think that was all based on one feedback. Like it was like, I remember Lindsay, my former business partner was like, I like this, I like this Pinto pocket, but this Pinto pocket with this cheese and this tortilla. She was like, I would buy that like a hundred times over. And I was kind of like, all right, like that's what we want. We want something that you want to eat every day. Yeah. Yeah. And like, you know, it was a little bit more expensive to do that, but I, I like, I, I have no doubt that it was worth it. Yeah. Yeah. Did you play, um, did you play around with price points at all? Like, was that something you were, you know, switching up and evaluating throughout those early periods of time? Yeah. I think price point is the hardest piece mm. because um, in when you're when you have a product destined for grocery stores, there's like so many, mm-hmm. you know, so many people taking a cut along the way yep. in order to get the, you know, wide distribution and all of that. Um, so I think we started off pretty low price point at the restaurant and then had to creep up a little bit um, in order to allow, you know, for the retail markup and all of that. Um, so that's the one, I mean, and it's funny cause like with all this rapid inflation now, our pricing is becoming very, you know, the margins were slim before and it's, oh, I can only imagine where you're just like, Oh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> we're, that, that pricing is like old and it's only a year old. Like, Oh, yeah. that's scary. But who knows, who knows what'll happen. But, um, yeah. So pricing, yeah, I don't know. It's, it's kind of a constant. I think that's the hardest thing to figure out in this industry is like, how much is someone going to pay for this? Cause I feel like, you know, our burritos are $9.99 retail. And it's like, I think there's a barrier where it's like frozen burrito doesn't equal $9.99, you know, but there's food, a threshold I'd imagine. Yeah. yeah. Air burritos are like two and a half times the size of a typical frozen burrito and they're all handmade elements inside. They're super tasty and they're like a full meal. But mm. I think that there is a jump that people have to make. That's like, this isn't, I don't just buy like a case of 12 of these and you know, yeah. Um, but, um, but so far, you know, nine ninety nine, I think is working out. The Pinto pockets are eight ninety nine. They're a little bit smaller. Um, but yeah, I don't know. So you just, I, I, can't, I can't say whether our pricing is, is, yeah. is nailing it or, or what yet. But. Yeah. Time will tell. Um, you just mentioned a couple of value propositions that, you know, you're, a, you've got a larger burrito out there. They're all handmade elements in the burrito as well. You're a storyteller. So how do you get that message out into the market? How are you marketing the product? Um, well, I highlight that too. I highlight our tortillas a lot because I think our tortillas are so amazing. Um, and I think to use like a locally made tortilla, um, is, is pretty special. Um, uh, 
I think the like the restaurant angle is really um, helpful. Like it's, you know, I kind of, I kind of use the line, like it's like having a restaurant in your freezer a lot. Cause it's yep. like all of our stuff, all of our recipes are, you know, restaurant developed and, you know, super high quality. Um, and then I think, I think that the main, the main thing, and you don't even necessarily know until you cut into the burrito, but you're like, oh yeah, I'm seeing that there are seven different elements. Like you have scrambled eggs and you have cumin roasted potatoes and you have refried beans. You have two types of salsa and cheese. And like, I can see that. Mm-hmm. And that's like so different than, you know, a typical grocery store like, burrito. burrito. Yeah. 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 And then, um, I think the other like barriers, like <laughs> for the pinto pocket, it's like, well, what is a pinto pocket? Like, I know what a burrito is. Everybody knows what a burrito is. Yep. The pinto pocket is kind of like a quesadilla. It's like beans and cheese and tortilla. But um, yeah, so I think that there's there's some uh, barrier there where it's like, <laughs> and once you once you try the pinto pocket, you're like, oh, okay, I don't even care what this is. It's delicious, and I can I can eat this. But um, yeah, I think those are the two things where it's like, you know a really big burrito and then another item, a pinto pocket, which people are like, what is it? Yeah. So what are you focusing on most? Are you selling like focusing on wholesale to cafes and, you know, other outlets that want to sell your product or are you sort of focusing on the online um, channel, like a spot, or are you going sort of direct to consumer yourself? Uh, well, it's, it's kind of morph, morphing pretty rapidly right now. Um, so the first year was really focused on grocery stores, mm-hmm. um, and uh, like online retailers. I think yep. we sell best online, actually. We don't okay. have an e-commerce store ourselves, but, um, uh, yeah, being on the shelf at grocery stores and then a few cafes kind of started, they started heating and burrito, heating and serving our stuff mm-hmm. and it's going really well for them. Yeah. Um, and they're doing burritos, um, for the most part. So we're trying to like, uh, expand that a little bit more. It's like the perfect option for a cafe. Um, you know, if you're like a cafe owner, but you don't necessarily want to do it all, you don't Mm. feel like you're like, I'm really into coffee, but like people really want to eat as well. Yeah. It's like really good for like, you just need a freezer really like, um, there is no, food waste. I was just about to say that like food waste is such an issue right now in the cafe space. Yeah, I know it's perfect. Yeah. yeah, Like you just need someone to heat and serve it. You don't need someone to assemble it and you don't need to manage buying all of the elements, all of that. So like we're, we're playing around a lot with like the best way to heat and serve. And it's kind of different, like based on what cafe, like what you have at your cafe. So we're, we're doing a lot of testing, like go into the cafes that are heating and serving and are like, okay, like what, what works on your equipment? Let's like, you know, Mm. let's go through some product and and figure this out. Yeah. So it's kind of like, you know, a combination of microwave or panini press or, um, air fryer really works. That's not really, yeah. 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 That's what we use at like when we're demoing and stuff, um, barbecue, we're starting to do barbecue pinto pocket events. Um, yeah. So we're, we're, we're working with cafes and stuff on that end. I just like demoed a like turbo chef style oven at the express chef, which is like, crazy like you can get a burrito from frozen to like ready to go in three minutes Isn't yeah crazy? yeah, yeah. They're, those they're what um those turbo chef that's like what uh, a starbucks or a subway yeah. have aren't they yeah. yeah they're really efficient yeah. yeah very efficient and then we're just starting to do a lot more in-person things now like um we did the trade show where i met you yep. and then we did planted and then we were, we're doing this vegan night market and that was actually where we started um like we played around with the them on the barbecue last summer and then, um, but then we were like, oh, like, let's try to heat and serve. Cause it's like, it's a hot summer market. Like yeah. people don't necessarily want to buy frozen product. Yeah. Um, I mean, they do like, I feel like, especially at a vegan night market, like 
vegans show up ready to shop. Like they're like, this is my haven. Like this, this <laughs> event is just for me. Like I'm going to buy, I'm going to buy some stuff here, which yeah. is really great. Yeah. Um, but it's also like, if you can get, and we sample at every event and that's like, people usually buy Like the, mm. the response to sampling is really, really fun, especially mm. as like, you know, going, coming from the restaurant industry, moving into like a B2B type of business. And then you actually get to like witness your customers eat yeah. your food again is like, yeah. oh, like this is the rewarding part. Like <laughs> this makes all of the like CFIA stuff and all of that other stuff worth it. When you're like, people like this, like people are, we're making people happy by making this product. Like that's, that, that makes it worth it. That's the um, validation that you need. Yeah. Yeah. So we're starting, we're doing these like uh, Pinto pocket Fridays. We're starting uh, for the summer. Um, and we're just going to set up our tent out front of the, out in front of the borough restaurant. Mm-hmm. The borough's not open during the day and just kind of like serve hot Pinto pocket straight from the barbecue with some like say hello, sweets, ice cream sandwiches, and uh, like big iced uh, hibiscus iced tea from the borough. So um. We're going to try that out and we're going to try to do some more, um, events because the, and so we're just kind of like catching up. It's like, Oh, yeah. I wish we figured this out in like March. Cause we probably could have done more this summer, but, um, we're just kind of, we're just going, we're just pivoting a yeah. lot right now. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Well, I mean, I feel as if summer's just started. It was a really late start to the summer yeah. and I think it's yeah. going to go into September, October, to be honest, like the nice yeah. weather. So you'll be fine. <laughs> yeah. We've, we've planned them to yeah. until September 2nd right now. So, so Friday's cool. September 2nd, but um, yep. if it's, if it's going well and I could see us going into the fall too. That's not? great. Yeah. yeah. How big's the team? Uh, the tent is 10 by 10. Oh no, no, sorry. The team. Oh. How big, how big is oh, the team that you've got? Yeah. <laughs> I was like, that is a funny question. That is a weird question. Yeah. <laughs> um, our team, so it's Jackie and Ayana and me, and we add up to about two full-time people. Oh, yeah. And then the production team is, um, we've got three and it kind of adds up to about two full-time Got ya. as well and so yep. we've got one one guy rory he he's the baker at the borough as well so he does um some stuff with the borough and then the other two are just our our employees that's great yeah so very yeah. manageable yeah yeah some delivery help as well but probably yep. about four full-time people right now okay yeah perfect yeah. so what's the future hold for Brightside? i feel as if you guys are really getting some momentum right now and you can sort of start to sort of see into the future of sort of where you're strategically going to place the product and see some success so what do you sort of envisage for the next period of time yeah uh we're 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 hoping i mean we'd love to be on some more grocery shelves for sure um yep. we're hoping to um do get to grow some more heat and serve stuff mm-hmm. um we're hoping to release some more products hopefully by the end of the year um, we are, I think we're going to start doing some more in like in-person stuff. I think the first year, like, because COVID was still going on, like we didn't even quite realize that like demos were something that were really helpful or, you know, Critical. So we started, yeah. yeah, we've started doing demos. Like basically since May 1st, we started like doing a lot more outside of the mm-hmm. production space and outside of just delivering, you know, mm. cases of burritos. Um, and that's been really fun and like, yeah yeah, as I said, like really, really underestimated the value of like being able to talk to the people who yeah. eat your food. Um, yeah. So I think, yeah, heat and serve, um, some more like, you know, sampling and, and market style events. Um, yeah, I don't totally know, but that's okay. So we're still, yeah, we're still early where it's yeah, I know just that one open. year mark. Exactly. Yeah. I'd yeah. love to just like saturate the lower mainland and the island and then yep. there. Yeah. 
Awesome. So coming from the restaurant industry and obviously being new to CPG, I'm sure that you guys have been confronted with, you know, constant challenges. Mm -hmm. So if you've been working with a coach or if you've been leaning on someone that has got experience in that space, I know that you mentioned that you did that SPUD accelerator mm -hmm. program, which would have been really valuable, but you know, what were some of the challenges that you were confronted with and how did you work through them? Um, yeah, SPUD was a big one. And there, there was like a particular consultant that they hired that we um, continue to consult with a little bit. Is that Roger? Roger La Rochelle? Yeah, yeah. Chance? Yeah, I had him on the show. Roger oh, was nice. awesome. I knew he came from Spud and he works with quite a few of our clients here mm -hmm. at Food Pack that want nutritional labels and packaging done. Yeah. And uh, I've worked on a couple of projects with him. He's he's amazing. Oh, he really, yeah, genuinely, yeah. very, really, very good. Yeah. He really, he really helped. He's like got a really good level of enthusiasm and yeah. like just so efficient in his like, yeah. you know, yeah. in his assessment of things. It's really, really great. I'm um, glad you worked with Roger. Yeah. Yeah. There's been a few other people from different brands that have like, you know, we've reached out to, or they've responded to different questions that we post to certain forums and stuff like that. So it's kind of been a bit of a patchwork. Um, Ion has been working with a consultant to do like the, the kind of like good man, get the like good manufacturing program in place where yep. it's, um, yeah, a lot of like, just like learning a lot of the like kind of industry standards and, you know, what you need to have in place. And um, yeah, I mean, I think that we all really underestimated how green we were in this field going in. You just kind of think like, well, well, we could just do it. <laughs> and then, I mean, you can ultimately, but it is, um, there's a lot of learning curves for sure. Absolutely. So yeah. if you could go back to when you first launched the product or even had the idea, you know, when it was a bricks and mortar idea and, you know, obviously you pivoted multiple times to land on the model that you have, mm -hmm. what advice would you give yourself if you had to go back to day one? Day one. Oh. Yeah, I think, I think like, this is, I don't know, this is hard. I think like any illusion of like control that you have is just like gone. Like things, things pivot, things change, yeah. things have to, like, you just have to be so ready. There's always something that needs new, a new, like new level of attention or, you know, needs to be reworked or needs to be rebuilt or, um, like, I don't think there's really any coasting in this business. It sounds like life to be honest. <laughs> yeah, I know. And I remember, I remember thinking at like the, from the ground up, Jackie yeah. and I were like, this place is full of people who just like work their asses off. Like, that's why I love it. I love going to that. You can just see the amount of energy and the amount of passion that people, know. you know, have at trade shows like that. It's awesome. Yeah. And that was also awesome too. It's like, this is a room full of like newer brands mm -hmm. who are just like, going for it. And like, there's just like nothing more energizing than that. Um, I don't like, I don't really know if I would like necessarily change anything. Like, of course it's nice to like have more knowledge, but like, you know, we were told a lot of things, but you don't really know it until you know it, you know? So like it was in our head and we're like, ah, oh, no, like, but you know, and then you're like, oh yeah, that's, that's definitely a thing. Like you're definitely supposed to uh, include a distributor in your margin and we're kind of like, oops, yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know, like it's, it's like, there's only so much you can be told. And from there on, you just have to learn it by, by making the mistake or doing it. And so I kind of, I think we've, we struck a really good balance of like moving forward, like taking small steps, like, you know, launching only in the borough at first. And then, you know, like, I think, I think finding the right balance between going and pausing to, to regroup is like a really hard thing to find. And it looks different than every, like for every yeah. project, but yeah. like, 
I think, yeah, there's like a level of like staying in conversation and in tune with your product and your brand that like just kind of has to be a, a like built into your progress. So I don't know. So what's the next piece of the business that you're going to focus on? So you've obviously got multiple compo- multiple components. You've got the product, which I feel as if you've got nailed down, you've got your pricing, you've got it out in the world and you're getting really good feedback. Mm-hmm. You're hustling and you're consistently out there selling. So I can imagine that's a huge piece that you're focusing on daily. Mm-hmm. Branding and marketing is something that you're constantly evolving. Like what's the actual focus going to be on next for you? Well, we're actually, so we're going to do, we're going to redo our packaging, okay. which obviously is where yep. we're packaging. Yeah, thank um, you. <laughs> yeah so we are we actually just got like the first round like three potential concepts for our packaging like our i'm packaging looking forward right to seeing it yeah, I know. yeah they're, they're actually all really good it's going to be really hard to choose and mm. you know there's certain certain things to change about each one but yeah um yeah right now we're using stickers we sticker <laughs> two sides of every bag which is it's just so much labor it's so time consuming yeah. yeah yep um and our i think our our packages are good but right now they're they're just like they're basically color and information and mm-hmm. the benefit is that the color really pops on um on our shelves and i think that they're a great first package but i yep. think we're we're ready to just get a new like just a new a, new, a package that kind of just says more than just yeah. like how to cook the product so yep. Um, we're yeah, pro, uh, aiming to, to have those ready for, you know, mid fall, maybe October or something. Perfect. Um, so then with that, will come a whole new round of like, how do we communicate this and how do we, yep. um, yeah. So that will be a big challenge. Like the marketing is sort of in my bucket as well. And I'm certainly not a trained, you know, marketing expert or anything. So probably seek some help there and, uh, try to, yeah, try to launch something that's kind of fun to, to run and engages people well yeah sounds fun with the um the couple of iterations of the packaging that you've got and that you guys are tossing around have you actually taken that out to you know some of your closest uh, consumers and said hey what do you think of this and have you got some feedback is that something that you've built into your repertoire uh no we should we should ask our customers actually we've asked like some of our you know friends and yeah closest friends and family like yeah, yeah. We, we literally just got it yesterday so yeah um, yeah get it out there see what the feedback yeah, is that's exciting idea. yeah very good. Last question for you. Mm-hmm. And I feel as if you have somewhat answered this, but you may be, get a bit more specific. So if we could fast forward a year from now and you could say to me that you'd had your best year ever, and this could be in work, in life, mm-hmm. what would you have accomplished? Hmm. Well, I mean, I hope it's our best year because it will be our only our second year. But um, yep. I think uh, I think some like like we'd have like three like equal arms of the business. So like grocery, heat and serve, and then our own kind of like, um, you know, Pinto pocket cart or market or cool. like, you know, regular kind of event schedule going on. Yep. That would, uh, um, yeah, I think having like those three things, like I think right now we've got mostly grocery and we're just kind of starting the other two. So I think, um, yeah, growing, continuing to grow, grow, grow grocery while also growing those other two would be would be awesome. I guess if they could all be like equal parts of yeah. our, of our, uh, overall the business. 
Yeah. Lovely. Hey, one thing that I know that we haven't touched on, and, and you can if you wish, but I, um, I know that you're producing all of your product right now out of the uh, the Burroughs kitchen. I got a whisper that you're um, potentially working with a co-packer as well. So has that been something that you've had sort of built into um, the business model right from the start, just so that you could sort of anticipate scaling? Or is that something that sort of came along later down the track? It is, it's just basically for a different product. So, um, the cornbread, it's just one product, um, and it's the cornbread, which, um, the, when we make it at, it's just, we just needed like, um, more consistent ovens basically. So, um, and it's also, um, it just takes up a lot of space in the kitchen. So we work with, um, Michael at Bonchas bakery. Yeah. He's one of my clients. Yeah. Yeah. I know Michael. Really great. Yeah. He's also a wealth of information. Super amazing. Yep. That like that guy understands consumer packaged goods. Yeah. Um, so he makes our cornbread um, and he also distributes it actually. Um, so that's just helpful for us to be able to like have a very consistent baked good, um, yeah. which I think, you know, I think we can, we can master the burritos and the pinto pockets um, and then, you know, baking is a whole other thing. So mm. I think leaving that to him, it was, uh, was a really, really valuable experience, valuable experience. He replicated the recipe really well and he, yeah, he delivers a great product to us. That's cool. That's an interesting part of your business model, just to sort of farm something out at quite an early stage too. So, you know, you mentioned that it was because of consistency and all of those pieces, um, and I'm I'm sure it was probably so that you could free up some time, you know, with all of your staff too. I'm I'm really excited to see where you guys go over the next 12 to 18 months. I can't see any of your dreams or, uh, you know, the vision that you have for the business being unachievable. I can totally <laughs> see you guys knocking it out of the park. I hope so, yeah. yeah. So congratulations on your current success and good luck for the future. I'm, I'm really excited to watch you guys grow and I'm excited to see the, the packaging designs come across Dean's desk when it comes to. <laughs> yeah, I guess I'll be getting them pretty soon. I think. Bring it on. Yeah, yeah, that's cool. Um, Dana, if anyone wanted to get in touch with you and ask some questions or check out uh, some information about Brightside, what's the best way to go about it? So if you want to get in touch with me, you can write me at Dana at brightsidefoods.com. And then our website is also brightsidefoods.com. We're on Instagram at brightsidefoods. Um, and I think that's all of the channels. Right. Well, lovely to meet you and put a face to the name again. And uh, thank you so much for your time today. I really appreciate it. I'm sure that everybody listening learned a ton as well. Yeah, thanks so much for having me. You're welcome. Take care. Bye. Bye-bye. Thanks again for taking the time out of your busy day to join me for today's episode. As always, if you'd like to continue the conversation or if you've got any questions, feel free to shoot me an email at hayden at thepackheavypodcast.com. You can also find us on LinkedIn or Instagram at The Pack Heavy Podcast. And if you'd like to learn a little bit more about how I can help you with your business and your packaging vision, feel free to drop me a line and we'll continue the conversation there too. I'll see you next week.